Cards and the Beers and Sears podcast, week 12. And boy, I'm kind of sad because there's only two weeks of regular season college football left. If that's not depressing, then I don't know what is. Because that's it's what gone works. by fast. It's gone by really it fast. It goes by way too fast. I say it every year. It's the sandwich. You're like, God, that's a good sandwich. And then you eat it all and it's gone. Well, anyways, we're back. We're back from Lubbock. This tortilla throwing crazies. They didn't get to us. But let's start out. We always do shout outs. We really do appreciate it, guys. We got some awesome feedback from the uh, Taco Bell excursion uh, from last Thursday. Yeah, how was that? Uh, it was uh, it was absolutely awful. I will be dead serious. I um, had to sit upright in bed to go to sleep because <laughs> I had like such bad like indigestion. Um, how many tomes did you have that night? I just had the one, or I had some uh, Pepsid AC, some maximum strength. Right. And some couple shots of apple cider vinegar and some probiotics to make it all kind of feel good. And then, uh, and then the next day I f- was right back on the train and had a ton of barbecue for lunch. So I didn't do much Friday night. But anyways, thanks again <laughs> for everyone who watched that and commented on it. That was that was awesome. Hopefully, um, someone made a good point. They're like, dude, if you were only doing this for th- followers number three hundred like what are you gonna do if y'all get to a thousand i was like i don't know i, I don't want to know so no promises on anything else maybe john will have to do something this time but yeah, uh, i guess it is my turn uh thanks for all the shout outs and everything we got some really cool pictures this past week go check out our instagram uh cmo who wishes to remain <coughs> nameless put up a, a good one of all of our uh follower loyal followers wearing their t- t-shirts and uh, koozies literally coast to coast now since we are now on the west coast thanks to one william frazier so keep on sending those in if you're at the game this weekend and you're wearing a shirt wearing uh you got the what's it called koozie on you please send pictures send it to our instagram send it to me i don't care just send it in uh keep on leaving voicemails we don't have any voicemails this week we had a little bit of a technical difficulty with a good one and that didn't work out but anyways keep on leaving voicemails 802-487-610780-2487 6107. If you are going to Austin this week and you haven't gotten a t shirt or you would like a t shirt, text me, Venmo me 15 if you haven't um, already, and I will bring it to Austin if you'll be there. And I promise I will deliver it to you because I we need to get rid of these. I'm tired of looking at them. Uh, let's see what else. I think that's it. Houston yep. people have all um, theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few people that I'm going to pick up um, at some point. Um, but yeah, tell your friends about the Instagram, uh, work friends, family friends, all the above. We're trying to get to 400 here in the next few weeks. By the end of the season, regular season. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're over there at Thanksgiving with the family or whatever, just tell them about beers and steers or, uh, take your koozie to a family, uh, dinner table. Shout out, uh, Stephanie Zias, our grand champion winner of a free t-shirt. Yes. The first giveaway of the season, which was a good idea to, uh, by multiple people. Thank you for those ideas. And to all those who tag their friends in the Instagram or post that, whatever that was, thank you all. That helps in spreading. So, uh, yeah, keep keep using the merchandise. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Vernon Shanker for the post yes, last night. Yes, big shout out, Vern Dog. And it, you know, that pushes us even further down the road, which is good. Uh, but, yeah, keep using the merchandise. Take pictures. We really enjoy seeing the pictures all around the nation, um, all around game day experiences. It's Makes it worth it. Um, but more importantly, beer of the week, as always, from Wild Acre Brewery. Um, our boy. Our boys up in Fort Worth. Uh, beer of the week, Moonlight Shine Golden Ale. We have not, uh, I guess, discussed this beer yet. And I don't think this is one of the ones they've given us um, to sample. 
but it is a uh, yeast American ale and uh, is sold all, all year instead of the seasonals. So uh, give us one a try. I don't know, Stu, do you know if they are distributing outside of DFW? Are they coming down to Houston yet? Yeah. Shout out to our boys at Wild Acre. We, uh, we really do appreciate all the stuff they've been giving us. You didn't answer my question. No, sorry. What was your question? <laughs> are they distributing down in Houston? No, they're not distributing in Houston yet. They're only in the DFW area right now. Um, okay. They are hoping to get to Austin sometime soon, but uh, it's not confirmed yet. I We should probably – that's a good question to ask them. But once I get to your free beer, they will be in Houston, though. Yes, we'll be the first uh, distribution. We'll help them. But, yeah, tell, tell all your friends about Wild Acre. Um, very impressed by all their different beers and go follow their Instagram. But more importantly, why all y'all listen to this podcast is the Horns football. We won. Uh, took care of business for the fifth straight time in the South Plains, Lubbock. Uh, the Tortilla Throwing Crazies were, um, I would say, alive, but not lively. They were they were there. Yeah, uh, that was and- that was really weird. I, that was the most surprising thing I like took away from the entire game. And like, yeah, it was dead. And I had a coworker who uh, who was there, and it was a tech fan. And he was like, there was like, he was like, yeah, that was like so disappointing. Like it was pathetic how not loud and not rowdy it, compared to how it normally is. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of that had to do with you know the, the big game the week before against OU. Yeah, uh, tough loss. It's cold weather this week. Um, I don't know. You know, if you're a good team or if you're a good fan base, you don't have excuses for not filling your stadium, especially when your stadium is that small. Um, yeah, how big is that stadium? It doesn't uh, like maybe. I would say fifty or fifty or sixty. Uh, I was 60. gonna maybe say fifty. Yeah, like it's yeah. not big at all. It's bigger than TCU's, but it's not That's like... That's not a, saying anything that their stadium is pathetic. Yeah, but... Um, the, let's see. Tortillas were being thrown. I remember seeing a lot. 60,454. Wow, I'm pretty good. Um, I mean, all you do is civil engineering, so I hope you <laughs> can know that. So, we had a crew go to the game. I never saw them when they were showing the, uh, the aerial shots, unfortunately. I really wanted to see the block of orange. Yeah, there was a squad there. Um, shout out to all those guys, Webb, AC, Austin Pipkin, all those guys for, hold on, my Siri just went off, um, for going, making the trip and then repping. I saw multiple buses on, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, making their way up from Midland to Lubbock. I want to do that trip sometime, but yeah, shout out to them. Heard some really good things, especially with getting the win. It makes the trip all the more worth it. But again, um, the crowd, um, was really just not as loud as I expected. And I want to credit, I guess, our defense for taking them out of the game early and then just letting the, the bad weather, uh, I guess, help that in general. Yeah, that's so. what my coworker was saying. He's like, yeah, like, I mean, since y'all are up, like, so big, not so big, but y'all are up, like, a decent amount, like, it really just kind of calmed everyone. They didn't really care up until the fourth quarter. He said it finally kind of got loud, but some people had left. You know, it was, everyone was, like, some cold people. still. So, it was like maybe half the stadium was full in the yeah, last Yeah, okay, quarter. there was not that many people there. But anyways, all right, let's dive into the actual game. First, I mean, we gave up the usual first drive touchdown. That was pretty awful. Um, as expected. As expected, but I mean, still, it's their third string quarterback going into the beginning of the season. He looks like Joe Montana. Uh, but then, Joe Montana? Joe Montana. And then they really settled. I've kind of got to give it to the defense. They took advantage of that really lucky interception. And then kind of settled down and uh, played pretty good in the first half. Uh, 
I'll, I'll give it to the a little bit of the DBs, but I really want to give it to more like the D-line, a little bit of the linebackers that kind of stuffed them and made them kind of earn any yards that they had in the first first uh, half. And, you never give love to the linebackers. Yeah, well, that's because they haven't earned it the past few weeks. But more importantly, the defense just kept on putting the ball in Sam's hands. And, like, that game, that's all we needed was as long as Sam had the ball, we were doing fine. Yeah. No, you, good point. I mean, the more uh, tries you give Sam or the more drives you give Sam, the better. Right. And that's what, that's what this game came down to is mm-hmm. uh, forcing, or I guess stripping the <laughs> Duffy for, I mean, that was just, that guy could not protect the football to save his life. No. Um, and then taking advantage of a bad throw. And most importantly, taking advantage of a bad decision by what I still think is an inex- inexperienced coach with, in, yeah, in Cliff Kingsbury and going for it on fourth and one on your own, like, 38-yard line or whatever it was in mm-hmm. the second quarter, I believe. Um, Momentum-changing play. Um, obviously, Texas probably would have gone for it too, but they had proven that Duffy was not a strong runner. I don't know. Just It was a very rushed play, but – Defense did a good job of taking advantage of a, a very uh, weak offense, um, except for the first drive, like you mentioned. So I was very pleased with them until they all started getting injured. And my God, our oh defense my. was the biggest patchwork of a defense I have ever seen. And I was, I mean, I, the guy I was with, who's one of the most loud, proud Texas Tech fans, was like, this is the softest Texas defense in the fourth quarter that was that he has seen since like first or second year of Charlie Strong, which isn't that long ago now. I mean, but. In the second half, like at one point, we had <laughs> I can't laugh like without saying it. Chris Brown, Donovan Duvernay, PJ Locke, like all of those guys were on the field at once. And Anthony like, Cook, and yeah, Anthony Cook was like, wait, 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 what? Why is Donovan Duvernay in the game? Not Devin, Donovan. And Jalen Green played. Yeah, uh, Jalen Green. Not oh, Malcolm S. We'll get there in a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it turned into a okay just a carousel of who can get out there and just at least make a tackle type defense at the end. And I was calling it on the last drive when Tech was just, we weren't going to stop them. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Just let them score. Like well, after they, <laughs> just let them score. Let them tie the game because give our offense enough time to go down the field. Like we're not going to stop them. And Tech doesn't have the smarts that, you know, LSU had to, you know, fall on the one yard line. I don't know if you saw that game, but yeah. Uh, LSU fell on the one and ran the clock out on Arkansas, but right. um, different situation. Obviously, they needed to score to win to tie it. But I mean, I, I just our defense went from like okay, typical first drive to wow, impressive, kind of showing some experience to just everyone was falling off, like falling on the field, and our freshman had to step up. And you know, thank God the <laughs> the clock ran out because yeah. Oh no, I mean, I I completely agree. Like I was much more worried about the 20 seconds that Tech had in the, at the end of the game than I was the minute, what is it, 40 that we had, but, you know, the drive before the, yes. the, the touchdown. I was like, okay, Sam's got a minute 40. I think we had two timeouts. I was like, okay, well, obviously we can kick a field goal, but I'm still pretty confident that we can at least get within the 10-yard line here. Like, it's not going to be a 50-yarder. Shout out Dicker, by the way, that 50-yarder. I was like, damn it, well, we have to punt, and he's trotting him out. I was like, whoa, 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 what? But yeah. he nailed it. But you know what I mean? Like, I was I was confident that it was going to be a chip shot of a field goal rather than, like, some we get stalled out just the way that we had been playing, um, even though we'd gone three and out the drive before. But still, 
I, I was much more scared of the defense, like you were saying, because we were literally playing third stringers, multiple third stringers, uh, against a pass-happy coach that's really had our number for the past every other year. Well, no, they, you know, everyone always says that Tech has had our number. Like, okay, they beat us twice at home on really fluky games. Mahomes, where they did like a fake field goal or a fake kneel. I can't remember what they did. Oh, the star. Yeah, that was that was bad. And I think that was your Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant had like a, you know, touchdown pass that bounced off of uh, Holton Hill's head or something. It was just yes. a, both the games. It went hit, yeah, it went right off his hands. Yeah, you're right. So the games that like everyone always thinks that you know Tech has dominated us. It's just like they've had these. They had the Crabtree catch. They've had the just fluky Thanksgiving games that really sucked at home. But in all reality, we've really I think handled Tech in in general. But um, more spe- specifically in this game, I think I guess we've kind of hit on the defense. But the offense um, continues to be very efficient. Um, has their had their typical lackluster first drive I guess not typical but it had a very lazy first drive and then the three and out was also really frustrating it's kind of like we've seen that happen against OU we saw it happen versus God who else was it when we tried to close it out I think maybe Kansas State yes yeah but Kansas State. again it was like run run and then a third and three that we were trying to force a throw to LJH which worked with CJ a lot versus Baylor mm-hmm. when Bouchelle and 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 uh, CJ were kind of connecting, connecting but yeah. it just really was kind of a frustrating uh, drive there. But other than that, um, a dominating game against a very weak defense for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what are your kind of high level points about the offense? I mean, obviously, Sam, we touched on that. The things I was and little Jordan Humphrey that catch was unbelievable. You got moused, but uh, like the the concern that I really saw was, and it kind of came out in the injury report that made a little sense is. The amount of pressure that Sam was getting, even though he handled it okay, some of those sacks were on him, but not completely on him. I mean, people were freaking yeah. out, but like he couldn't, do, like it was a free run. Like he could have, yeah, thrown it away, I guess, like immediately quick, but that's not the type of guy he is. Like he's always looking for the play, and I'm fine with that. But it, he ate a couple of those sacks, but Erod played terrible. Calvin Anderson was hurt we'll get into the injury report later that's going to take about 10 minutes to talk about but I was very disappointed in the pass protection um, and they didn't really handle and David Gibbs is a solid defensive coordinator for a school that's known for their offensive uh, output and he loves just dialing it up and trying to force you into errors like we talked about last week in the pregame and he did a pretty good job of that at Sam's just so good and was so calm. He didn't throw any bad picks or anything like that. He just ate it or fumbled. But I was still really disappointed in the the interior line and picking up blitzes and stuff. Yeah, the uh, tech off. All right, our offensive line made the tech off defensive line look like Alabama out there. It was pretty pretty frustrating. I think Sam obviously it was multiple plays where he ran backwards and it was just like, come on, man, like. Just fall when you you mentioned throwing it away. I mean, he would have had intentional grounding on some of them, but just right. fall if you know. I mean, I think it's a learning curve for him on that. But um, we'll get to more specific stats on him. But again, little Jordan Humphrey dominated the game, stepped up huge um, with the absence of Colin Johnson and uh, 
more importantly, I think they had a nine-minute drive in the second quarter. Yeah, it was like eight minutes. That was crazy. Resulted in points, I believe. Yeah, it did. It was a touchdown. Was it the Duvernay or was it the – was that the Keontae? I think I made it the Keontae run. But, no, that was the uh, little Jordan Humphrey okay. pass. Well, second really Or the first one. Sorry. So, I mean, that, that was huge um, to keep Tech – Tech's defense on the field, mm-hmm. wear them out, keep that crowd out of it going into the half. I mean, going into the half, what was it, like 17-10, and that field goal they got into the first half was kind of like a, I don't know, it was probably a really weird field goal. But yeah, but, like, no, you're right. Like, that really tired them out because after that drive, we scored a touchdown, and then the end of the half, you know, whatever possession, if you want to count that. We had two touchdowns and then a field goal. The next three drives, not counting that two-play one, the end of the first half. Like, we had – they were obviously gassed even after coming out of halftime. You know, when you when you score in the next three possessions after a drive like that, that really starts to kind of dig into you and really make you tired and start huffing for air. It starts getting colder outside. I mean, that's tough. That's really tough. So that I mean, credit yeah, to the offense of sticking with that. We hadn't had a we had a drive longer in like five minutes this year. Much, no, but- much less eight. Yeah, I, I think we had one versus Kansas State, if I remember correctly. But I don't know. We we had a really long one somewhere that was on kind of a game ender. But yeah, that let's see the eight ten. Yeah, it was a touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. End of half, field goal. So yeah, that's I mean, that's the difference in the game right there. So yeah, I, uh, it's I, just I, and then the the defense like in the second half, like we just mentioned. But it's just so frustrating to watch when. You're that banged up. And I read this on, I forgot who, I might have been like Scipio Tex, and I think he, he, this is the perfect way to describe it. It looks like we have 11 guys that are on 11 separate islands, just not working together with each other and trying to win, you know, trying to make the play by themselves. They're just playing their own different type of defense, all, all separate. And none of them are, look like they're cohesive or anything. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're, like, not communicating or anything. Like, it's so weird. Was it last year when, like, all of a sudden they came out with a wristband? Or was that was Charlie. When they came out with the wristbands, like, everyone's like, they're communicating better. It's like, no, they still suck. Like, they were so bad, they didn't know what play was going on. Oh, was right. It was like, a freaking wristband is not going to change, like, you know, the, their mentality or all that stuff. Like, it's just going to remind them of what they should already know. So, so uh, I think we've hit it on a high-level point. Should we hit on injuries before we go to specific players, or you want to go specific players? No, yeah, let's – let's, God, let's go to injuries. This is going to be really, really – sucks to go through. But let's let's go start off defensively. Uh, Brain Jones didn't play again. It looks like it's going to say doubtful. Uh, it sounds like he's going to try and give it a go just because he's B. Jones and he's such a stud. I have heard, though, and read – that him being out this past few weeks and, you know, in the, if it's possible uh, that he's out for the next few weeks really helps the chances of him coming back. And I think he was really kind he's of – He's a aiming. sophomore. He's redshirt. No, he's not. He's, he was a, he's a true sophomore. He is? Anyways. Type, 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 type. I, I'm still saying Whatever. Keep going, keep going. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. He's thinking about playing because he's such a tough kid. Oh, he, wow. He's a junior. Wow. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, See? Just, there you go. And uh, he's just that type of team player that he wants to play and he wants to be out there. I think he's the most important piece. If I could have one guy who's fully healthy on the defense, I think I would say, say him. 
But uh, what Herman say about him in his press conference was on Sunday or when did he say this? On uh, Monday? Monday he said that he is unable to cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he was running straight, which is, uh, I guess, a step Good. in the right direction. Um, and they had a target date of him going full speed, full pads of Wednesday. Um, I guess have more of like a reevaluation day. So we'll know more tomorrow. Um, tomorrow meaning Wednesday. I don't know when you listen. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, probable on him. I think it's safe to say. Uh, Devontae um, messed up his ankle, um, and they were saying on him, I think he got an MRI. I know that was Cal, or CJ got the MRI, but they're going to say we'll know more about Devontae towards the end of the week. I'm not worried as much if we lose him. I'd rather have B. Jones out there. Um, especially since B. Jones has been out for multiple weeks now. Right. But yeah, I agree. And Anthony Cook is kind of like growing every game. Yeah, Anthony Cook played pretty well. Yeah. Um, for but what now, he's, of course, what he's the third-string quarterback. So. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, they all so, looked, made him look bad. but. Uh, Josh Thompson, go ahead. Yeah. Talk about a guy who really didn't play well, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. They say his ankle was worse on Monday than it was on Sunday, which is so weird, but – Whatever. I, I, it doesn't look like he's going to play. If anything, I think it's going to be a lot of B.J. Foster, a lot of Chris Brown, which is, I don't know. If Foster looked like they'd pulled him a little bit to sub him out for Brown. I couldn't really tell in the second half. There were so many guys injured. I don't know who was really coming in, who was coming out. Yeah. But I, I'm, I, I was at the beginning of the year, and last year I was a big Josh Thompson fan, but he has really kind of soured on me. I don't know if it's the sophomore thing or what, but – he just hasn't been playing as well as he used to. Um, Caden Stearns had a concussion that it looked like he like almost was like dancing out there when he got hit. Um, did you see that play? Yeah, that was that was by far the scariest. Yeah, that was ugly. Um, and we all know what concussions are like. It's all up to the doctor. Um, but Harmon sounded pretty um, certain that he'd be back full speed on Wednesday. He was doing full lifts. And it was no contact today, as in Tuesday. So we'll see tomorrow um, on him. I think he need we need him back like bad. Um, I guess this trumps the offensive side. Well, last week it looks like Hager. Yeah, he's not injured anything more, and he's still just like running on fumes because he's so banged up. But he's gonna be Hager because he's such a meathead and probably just get. It's his yeah. It's his senior day. No matter how banged up he is, he's gonna play. It's he's gonna be on some type of substance that's going to numb him up so he'll be fine but yeah go to, uh, going to offense uh colin johnson it looks like he's going to play i said i would put it at probable it's, i think they said he can't cut well or something like that um but i i think he would play it, it's such a big game and i think he watched this past week and saw ljh ball i mean he's got to be thinking like damn like some of those balls are supposed to be for me so i've yeah. i if i'd put money out, i'd say he's playing yeah, I think that him sitting out was a very like just cautious move. I don't think his injury is as bad as the other other guys. Just more of like being safe with him. So I expect him to play. Um, Keontae uh, re-aggravated his hit pointer. God, did you see that replay when he got hit there? No. Oh, it was like face mask. Like when his he was kind of lunging forward, falling forward, and his pads were kind of up, you know. 
and okay. guy hit him like with his face mask right on his hip, like bare skin on his hip. I think they were like that was one of the reviewed targetings that was overturned. It's just like you know, yeah, it bro. was. That was the this was the low guy who hurt him though. It wasn't the high guy that you know going for oh, his okay. head. It was, it, but it still hit him right on the hip. Oh god, dude, it looks so bad. I'm. Yeah, they expect him to be back um, tomorrow at the latest, so I think he'll be all right, which is good. And he's so, been he's been banged up all season too. I don't think people realize that. I, I've seen some stuff that like if Keontae was a hundred percent, he would be even more explosive. You know, be even more of this absolute presence. So, which is scary to say because he played very well on Saturday, considering how bad his O line was blocking for him. Yeah, uh, and then there, a couple. Minor ones. It looks like Calvin Anderson was a little hurt. There's rumors of it kind of during the game and after, and he was in with something. I know that he was um, getting treatment on Sunday and maybe even Monday. Uh, same with Gary Johnson. Gary's supposedly been battling a groin thing for the past few weeks, which would explain a lot. Um, and those two guys have to need him back. I mean, absolutely. If two probably most important on Gary's probably the most important on. Defense, or Brandon Jones, but Gary's right there at second. And then Calvin, left tackle. I mean, you need him. So that's the total injury report. I, I It looks okay. It could be a lot better, but I think it going into it, I'm still pretty confident in what both sides of the ball can do. Uh, let's go into the individual players from this past game, kind of what we saw. We've already hinted at a few of them, but uh, let's go with one that we haven't talked about. I thought – I always give love to these guys, but Sam Cosme played unbelievable. Uh, I think he's cemented himself as the best player on this O-line, uh, even better than Calvin when Calvin's 100%. Uh, he, Sam has got to feel pretty good the next two years. I know that's assuming a lot, but for the next two years that he's got Cosme blocking for him. Uh, like This kid just finishes everything. You always see him like coming into the camera view on passes downfield. He's always looking for work. Uh, he's going to transition to left tackle so well. It, it's just nice knowing that you always have that one uh, ice solidifying, like on whatever edge rusher any team has, you can always count on one tackle to pretty much man his own and not be worried, not have to get a guy double teamed or anything like that. And his outside blocking is great too, as long as it's pass protection. So really good job from Cosme. If you get a chance just on a couple plays on offense – Watch him, watch him only. It's very entertaining. More importantly, he avoids, I mean, stupid penalty calls. Yes, very smart. I mean, I'm sure he has a few holdings here and there, but I don't remember any false starts on him. Um, No, I don't think he's had any. So, yeah, very disciplined player, and more importantly, like, establishes the run game on the right side for us um, with, I guess, what has been a very odd of a rotation between Shaq and um, E-Rod and players kind of bouncing between right guard and center and whatnot. But... Um, he yeah definitely solidified himself as one of our better offensive linemen and will be for the next few years um, I want to go a little off the map by good because um, we already know the two obvious ones but Dev the dude um, has kind of had a little bit more targets kind of throughout the last few games um, this was he obviously had a lot more targets this game with CJ being out but he took advantage of the opportunity and had two clutch touchdowns for us that, um, you know, uh, I, I'm trying to remember. The second one was the deep ball, I believe, right? Yes. And so, I, mean, I don't know. The guy has had a, I would say, a 
average year, but he's been better than he was his sophomore year. So I'm excited to see him get more targets and, I mean, make plays that we've needed him to make and kind of expected him to make when he made the transfer from Baylor. So uh, shout out to him. Um, I think the easy goods are Sam and LJH. You know, you know yeah. breeze, breeze through them. I mean, LJH obviously with the play, highlight play. He got miles. I mean, yeah, when um, he's getting like before on Monday Night Football, like he's like the second best catch of the week. That was pretty sick. I mean, yeah. And the the quote, the quote, it says, you know, that they, they call that the Crabtree Corner. He goes, yeah, it's called the LJ Corner now. Like, yeah. You kind of gotta love that. He's got a little swagger to him, but he also still looks like an 18-year-old kid. Like, yes, he does. Whatever he takes off his helmet, it's like, whoa. But he made a lot of catches that were just unbelievable um, and also clutch. I mean, there was one on the Tech sideline that was like a one-handed catch that was just – I mean, when they when they were showing it, I was like, oh, he didn't catch that. He dropped it. And then they showed the replay. like, holy cow. I mean, the, the guy makes plays. He, he gets open very easily um, and clearly has Sam's trust as Sam is kind of targeting him and eyeing him on, like, every time he snaps the ball now. But, um, yeah, every week he's getting better and becoming more and more uh, entertaining. So, do you want to do any more goods? I mean, yeah. not really. We've well, let's, we've already hinted on Sam and how well he's played. But uh, actually breaking the Big 12 consecutive passing record with no interceptions, that's unbelievable. That's awesome. I would never – you had told me he was doing that before the season. I was like, no chance. Like – He's a good quarterback, but you know he gets uh, he'll throw a pick every once in a while. That's awesome. I mean, that throw the fourth down throw that he threw to Beck was the tightest window of oh, I know. I all time, and it was right on the money. And Beck, with his pillow soft hands, just yeah. sucked it in and rolled over. I was like, how the hell? That was incredible. Credit Beck on that one. That was a great catch. I yes. forgot about that. That was also, unbelievable. Like the throw, a much more. Ex- a mature throw to LJH for the game when he touched out. Like he, yeah, he, he kind of like put it in a way he knew LJH could go make a play and high point it. Whereas last year, I feel like he would have thrown that a little low and it would have been picked off. You know, and yeah, he would have. He probably would have thrown it to his you know like forward shoulder rather than his back shoulder. Yes, and go for the kind of. I guess it's it's it looks easier you know because that's where your mind's thinking. Uh, that's where the receiver's going, but he now knows that he can trust his receivers and how athletic LGH is, and he can make that type of play and rip that ball out of the defenseman's hand. Um, honorable mention, I just wanted to throw this in there, Gerard Hurd, thought I'd get yes. some, some love, 54 uh, yards of receiving on yeah, six games. that was huge. And a very important one on the last drive, mm-hmm. which I was like, there's no way he caught that, but he did. Um, and then Malcolm Epps, like, okay, hello, welcome to the show. Yeah. One catch, I'll uh, take it, One, 18 hey, yards. Hey, but, like, hey, a freshman just stepping up, getting targeted, and then just making a nice play, I'll take, you know, that was that was pretty clutch. Um, hopefully we don't burn his red shirt. I mean, it was really random to see him out there. But, I think it might have been burned, but it's okay. So, defensive side, Ooh. I'll let you start on your end. I mean, uh, let's just do the good and get out of the way. Uh, Charles who had another great game, just abusing le- uh, left and right tackles all game. He's one of those guys that just doesn't look – looks like he gets tired, you know. He's always giving like 110% effort and always stronger than the other guy he's going against. And just that size and that range, like it's unbelievable. Uh, he, you know, he's not just that unbelievable like edge rusher that you'd like to see, but he still is a dominant presence and he's not as quick as – the best guys out there, but he can still 
provide enough physicality to get in the quarterback's face and cause some pressure. So shout out him. Also that fourth down stop where he literally just reached over the entire O line and then put his hands on Duffy's head and like pushed him back. That was that was crazy. I don't know how he thought and what he saw to like make that work, but it worked. So Yeah, he uh he definitely you can tell uh one of the more experienced guys out there and has found a way not to look like a like remember when his sophomore year he used to he used to look like he had like tinder blocks on his feet he was so yes. slow yeah but uh, so he slow. definitely kind of gained a little I guess he worked on his footwork but um I'll stick with my good more like good enough um Nelson on the inside and uh Roach I'm gonna give Roach some credit I think we that was, that was huge that he was back um but Nelson in terms of he was able to create a bunch of pressure on the inside and kind of blow through the center and the guards mm-hmm. multiple times. That forced Duffy out of the pocket and I think made him very uncomfortable, um, which is key. And with a third-string quarterback, don't let the guy get comfortable and make him gotta kind of make plays he's not used to, which he tried to go do, and, and the ball ended up being stripped two times. So um, didn't really have a good game, uh, Chris Nelson, that is, stats-wise. But no, he was able to he never does. Yeah, he yeah, never but does, but he's he always one of the most important guys. Yeah, I mean, he's creating pressure that kind of, like, pays dividends for guys on the outside. Um, but other than that, I don't really know if I have any goods. Uh, Devontae, I, I want to give – I'll give one to Devontae because on the stat sheet, he, he really did with the with the fumbles and the pick, taking advantage of it. I know the DBs, other than that, played absolutely awful. Uh, and, but he took advantage of what was in front of him. Really didn't bite on anything too crazy. Didn't let anything awful over his head. Uh, so, and he was battling through an injury. So, I'll give him. I'll give him a good. But as far as bad, I mean, every other guy played terrible. Stearns, uh, Chris Boyd had his probably his worst game of the season. Well, eh, not worse than one of them. It was one of his worst. PJ actually played well on stuffing the run, but in pass protection or pass uh, defense, he was terrible. Chris, I don't want to blame him for the onside kick, but since it's him, I'm going to blame him. No, why would you not blame him? Because it hit him in the freaking hands. <laughs> but it, did you see his face after he got hit? It's like, dude, come on. No, well, I didn't see I was. You just like, you take a deer in the headlines. It's like, what just happened? It's looking like, away in disgust. Oh. You idiot. You just you stood in the way. I was like, when I was like looking, I was like, I had my phone, I had the game going on my phone, and I you know, wasn't really watching it because it was, you know, kickoff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then it just starts buzzing. I'm like, why is my phone buzzing? Like, it's a kickoff. And then I look. I was like, oh, my God. This guy, like, has been the whipping boy all season on defense. And then he does that. It's like, God, yeah. leave, man. Get it together. I don't really remember. I, don't, I honestly don't remember. Was that, like, a hands team out there? Or was that just no, a first No, no. They just, no, yes. It was a regular kickoff. That was pretty impressive as a kicker to hit him. Oh, like, yeah. That was oh, a God, really good real kick. Dark. I mean, hats <laughs> off to Kingsbury. That was exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, where was BJ Foster? You know, I, I know he, yeah, I agree. He, he got pulled, I guess. I really don't know. I never saw, um, it wasn't like he wasn't, obviously none of them were playing good, but it wasn't like he was playing that much worse than everyone else. Was he tired? And that's when they started putting in Chris Brown. I I don't, I don't know. It was interesting. And then I was confused as well. Wheeler's still at a bad game in pass coverage. Every time he's one-on-one in the slot, it's like, okay, well, that's a first down. Uh, Gary was nursing that groin and what didn't look like his usual self. I mean, it, it sucks 
to rag on these guys because like senior days and four days or whatever, but like they've played like shit the past two weeks, so they've really got to turn it around. Uh, the um, entire defense. So I'm trying to look for your score prediction from last week. I think mine was forty-two thirty. Did you really have that? Yeah. I can't. Yeah, you said forty-two thirty. I think I said. Oh God, what did I say? I think I said like. You don't have one on here. I think you I, just didn't, I didn't type it. I think I said like thirty-three, like twenty-four, or something like that. God, we're good. Yeah, we watched we, this we, team play or something. We've been really good. But anyways, that's it for tech. We've everyone watch if you watch the game, you know exactly what we're talking about from a defensive standpoint. It's just so frustrating to watch. And I don't know what else what else there is to do. And luckily this week going up against Iowa State, it's not as big of an offensive opponent, but um defensively they are really, really stout, and there's no way to say this, but they are the best defense in the conference by a wide, wide margin. Uh, That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, like it's pretty unbelievable. They're giving up, I think, almost less than three yards per carry on rushing, and the next closest that was like TCU was like, and they're giving up like three and a half, uh, you know, a carry. So the their best – and stuffing the run, I think they're top ten in the nation and doing that. Uh, the one thing that you can really get after them is they're not great at forcing turnovers, which with this offense hasn't been too big of a problem, but still it's an always important. And stopping guys on third down, that's been their only two flaws on defense. So yeah. take advantage of that just because, you know, we get stuffed and it's third and eight doesn't mean we're out of it. They still are susceptible to be giving up some decent passes. Um, what do you got on, on their uh, quarterback? Um, so, quarterback Brock Purdy, um, true freshman. And, you know, I, I haven't really, to be honest, I haven't watched one of their games. I think I watched part of the OU game, which was late September. Um, so, I don't know enough about him, but I do know he's got a great uh, target and Hakeem Butler that's getting some national attention. Um, I mean, a lot of attention now. It's got a huge, um, big numbers. Let me see if I got the numbers here. Yes. No. He's like one of the top in the. I don't want to say top like twenty, but he's up there. I think he was on the uh, one of that one of the wide receiver award. I can't even pronounce that name. Is Bolitnikov? No, he wasn't. Yeah. I looked today. What? Yes. No, I looked today, and I was like, wait, he's not on there. That's unbelievable. The guy has 816 yards. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and he's not on there. And Rondell Moore is as a true freshman. I was like, dude, come on. Hakeem Butler is so much better. But, no, I agree. He is one of the best receivers in the nation. He's massive. He's like 6'4", maybe like 215. He is big boy. I, I mean, Chris Boyd, I don't know. You may have to man Chris Boyd on him all game and just kind of bracket it, you know, follow him across the field wherever he goes because – a fully, uh, if a fully healthy Devonte, I think it'd be fine. You could play your normal defense, but Devonte's not 100 percent ready to go. Like you kind of have to do that. I don't trust Anthony Cook with him. Oh God, no, no. David Sills was teeing off on Anthony Cook, and so right. Keen Butler. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how we kind of use uh, two guys to cover him and kind of mix design that that covers throughout the game. But um, if he is if, if he is shut down or if we're able to keep him quiet, look out for. Uh, Deshante Jones is a big target for them in the end zone a lot. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they um, get the other guys involved. But 
More importantly, do we have a word on David Montgomery and what the status of that is? We do not have a word on David Montgomery. And in my opinion, I think he's the best running back in the nation. I know it's a bold statement, but I really do. Uh, number 32, he is an absolute stud. If you watched or saw the highlights of the Baylor game, he got he didn't get into a fight. I mean, he got into a fight. This guy took an absolute cheap shot at him over the ref, and Montgomery just swung right back and got thrown out of the game in the third quarter, I believe. Um, it was in the late third or early fourth. Uh, yeah, it was in the second half. So And so he is suspended for the Texas game right now. I have heard that yep. he's reviewing it. I have yet to see a suspension uh, – you know, fighting ejection overturned after re- review, but I guess it's possible. Would... <laughs> overturned after review, after reviewing. Yes. Uh, no, so he's only suspended for the first half, not the whole game. Correct. Okay. Well, you got kind of hinted at the whole game there, but uh, yeah. So he, you know, per Big Twelve rules, if you are suspended in a half, the following half you are suspended, but it is you can, uh, I guess, appeal to the Big Twelve, which. Of course, is getting a lot of flack now that, like, oh, the Big 12, a.k.a. Texas is money, um, is going to keep David Montgomery out. So keep an eye on that with stupid Twitter rants. Um, but, yeah, if he's out in the first half, expect our defense to hopefully key, key on uh, keeping Butler out of this game and yep. keeping Iowa State to hopefully under 10 points and, and kind of hopefully taking a pretty serious lead and, and using that momentum to kind of carry into the second half and then and, – win this game so yeah no defense um, has got to get after purdy in the first make him throw some bad throws hopefully get a pick or two uh and just you know double up on butler and then throw the book at purdy and see what he can do with them with no montgomery what's that with no montgomery like that you know that is huge and and second half it just gonna have to be bend don't break you know against the pass and try to contain montgomery yeah one of the things that kind of uh, helped them beat West Virginia way back when at home was they were bringing all sorts of pressure. So one thing I expect is to almost like let that pressure happen and let Sam step up. Stam, let Sam step up and just run it for like eight, eight yards every time. Let him like let him over pursue. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Sam, you know, after last week where they brought all sorts of pressure and he was you know taking a step back. And you know, don't losses for 10, 12 yards. He, it'll be interesting to see how he, I guess, changes um, his his footwork and his game plan this week. And to, because that's how Wilger struggled. He, I think Wilger had like his worst game of his career. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's so, awful. But Iowa State plays much better defense at home than they do on the road. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I guess I'll go first on predictions. I think that wait, is this yours or mine? Oh, there it is. Uh, I think Texas wins 30 to 17. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I agree that, I mean, they're one of the most underrated teams and there's technically is a scenario where they can actually go to the big 12 championship, which is pretty crazy. But I mean, when you beat West Virginia, that's what happens and you kind of hang it with it the rest of the uh, season. But, uh, no, I agree. I think Texas wins, but I'm going to have a little closer. I'm going to have horns win 27, 23. There's going to be a late field goal with them to get it within four. They go for the onside, and we get it. That's my uh, that's my bold-ish predict- prediction. Uh, but, yeah, you wrote a good note. Uh, Shout-out Ed Clemens for asking Tom Herman about the trick plays. And uh, if, you didn't, if you didn't hear the quote, it was a pretty good re- reply. Herman was like, yeah, they were playing some pretty 
stout defense, which is interesting. But uh, and they wanted to save him, so I would be surprised if we did not see at least one or two something crazy this week. Yeah, I kind of expect to see like a it was like a flea flicker or something. I don't know, maybe something kind of crazy to Colin Johnson or a little Jordan Humphrey if we I, have a lead. Yeah, I think it's going to be if I let's if we're to guess, I think I'm just going to be like a wide receiver screen pass a little Jordan Humphrey and then like Duvernay or someone like Malcolm Epps down the field or something crazy like that. Yeah, like a yeah, it'd be something interesting whether Gerard or Humphrey's throwing the ball, so be interesting to see. But uh, okay, hook him or stop. Oh, okay, oh cool. dude, come on! That was on. a layup. We're moving on. <laughs> so if you haven't seen, uh, Tom Herman has been accused of many of things. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. It's funny. <laughs> I've been laughing at it. People are like, "Oh, are you freaking out? Like this looks terrible." It's like, yeah, but it's coming from an absolute psychopath who is a terrible person and has allegedly not even allegedly like definitely assaulted his wife so i tom's doing the right thing and not saying a word and the university of texas isn't saying a word uh i think the university of texas might have known about tom's uh, transgressions at said establishments particularly in the houston area but um I, i'm you know there's no hard proof of it it's, yeah, I'm gonna uh, keep my commentary myself on his transgression, his activities. But he's doing a good job of handling it. I think UT is doing a good job of yes, handling it. Yeah, this could have easily blown up. But I also think the world is like has such a negative. I mean, obviously, a negative perception of this Zach guy. But yeah. he, you can't go on Twitter and do a rant like that and expect to get any sort of credibility. It just no. doesn't work that way. No, so it never does. Uh, Tom is doing a good job of not reacting and letting this kind of. I guess negative publicity get to him. So, um, again, okay, cool. Welcome. There you go. All right, let's get games of the week. What? There really isn't any games well, of the week. Two weeks before we do that, let's. Just, I mean, I guess if you if you're listening still, I think the Big Twelve uh, outlook is Ooh. well. Obviously, we need to win out. Yes. Um, to Thank do, you, Copernicus. Have a chance at the Big Twelve championship, which is so shitty. Because man, if we would have freaking just found a way to beat West Virginia. Like, God, we've been in such a good spot right now. But that's in the past. But would you rather have West Virginia lose this week or would you rather just want to like, have that OU-West Virginia game like go in our favor? Because if West Virginia loses this week to Oklahoma State, then we need to root for West Virginia to lose to OU as well. So we play. So I guess the question is, would you rather play if we win out, knock on wood, would you rather play OU or West Virginia in the Big 12 championship? Man, that's tough. I want to say West Virginia. I want to say West Virginia, too, because we would be so pissed off in yes. that game. And I don't ever want to play Kyler Murray ever again because that <laughs> guy is a freak. Like, yeah. I know uh, their defense is pathetic, and yeah. like they're having like even more like controversy of if – Ruffin McNeil's even going to be the defensive coordinator of the season for the rest of the oh. season after you know being there a month. So uh, it's very interesting. It, if I didn't watch Lincoln Riley's press conference, but I saw some quotes and he deflected so hard when they were asking about the defense. So I would rather play West Virginia even with OU having all those troubles because I felt like like yeah Greer played really well, but. He's so one-dimensional, and Kyler's not. So I would rather play 
West Virginia. I know that Big Twelve championship with Texas OU rematch, like it's never happened, but I would I would still like to play West Virginia if we're looking at who you know better chance of going forward. So in that case, you we want West Virginia to win uh, both games, uh, both Oklahoma State and OU. So I agree with you. I want to play West Virginia, so we'll all have to root for West Virginia to win out, and then hopefully we take care of business the next two weeks as well. Uh, so games of the week this week, um, very lame week, probably the most lame Ugh, week of the, of the season. But uh, Syracuse is playing Notre Dame at Yankee Stadium, and uh, yeah, what I don't even know. I mean, so Syracuse, Syracuse scared Clemson earlier in the year. Has kind of been on the fifteen to twenty ranking kind of all year in the middle of that. But you think they have a chance versus Notre Dame? Uh, I don't know. I. I kind of do at ten and a half. I I, I do like it. That's the line right now, um, just because it's a weird. It's a neutral field. Notre Dame's you know book is back, but is he one hundred percent healthy? It sounds like he is, but you can never really believe that. At this point, nobody's one hundred percent healthy. Syracuse has these white jerseys that actually look pretty sweet. Notre Dame's wearing those stupid ass shamrock uh, jerseys. I think if I had to pick right now, I'd say Syracuse plus ten and a half. Give me the points, but. I don't. Do I really care about this game? No, no. I would love for Notre Dame to lose, so I don't have to watch them get pummeled by uh, Alabama in the first round. But you know, I I, I don't really care. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Notre Dame wins, and and guys at Ramirez, I think they go to the playoff. And I guess they'll be what the three seed playing Clemson. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Can't yeah, wait for that. So. Should be interesting. All right. right. West Virginia playing in Stillwater, correct? Yes, in Stillwater. So, 2.30 game. Um, You know, Oklahoma State, I think, outplayed. I mean, they played really well versus OU. I think they were kind of – they should have won that game if they just would have executed an easy pass. God. Um, How did they lose that, by the way? Like, that was – he did – Cornelius played lights out all game, and then he can't make that one throw. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough throw, like, if you're running – so I don't know. I think I think West Virginia goes into Oklahoma State and wins. I think it's yeah. not even. I don't, I don't know. I just think West Virginia's got some. Ugh, can't even say their name. West Virginia has some momentum now. Yeah. No, um, I agree. And I think they go in there and actually end up winning by fifteen plus points. I agree. That's West Virginia minus five right now. I think I'm putting West Virginia not close to the lead pipe lock, but it's getting there. Uh, I, I the the momentum thing is huge. After they, you know, the two point conversion against us, how do you not? Um, have a little bit of swagger going forward, and then they just absolutely pummeled a weak TCU team this weekend, this past weekend. So I agree. Is TCU bowl eligible? God, no, I don't think so. I mean, they suck. Fatterson's a piece of shit. Uh, they're playing a backup quarterback. Um, their defense. I think they were. Uh, I, I saw that a walk-on kicker was having to play like scout team defensive end or something like that. That's pretty awesome. But who really cares? All right. That, well, that wraps it up for the week. If you're going to down to Austin this weekend and you want a t-shirt, please text me. Uh, if you haven't already, I'll deliver them to you. Um, be loud. It's going to be a 7 o'clock game. Get there early because it's senior day. Beer is always cold, I guess. it's The weather, it's only going to be like high 72. It's going to be really nice. Yeah, it's going to warm up for sure. It is freaking freezing in this state right now. Yeah, I hate it. Web's all mad at me because I had to turn the heater down because uh, 
Uh, it was too loud, and he was like, "Golly, it's cold as hell in here." But more importantly, get to the <laughs> get to the stadium early. Hello. Here on these seniors that have had a uh, <laughs> like the roller coaster. An absolute <laughs> crazy career. But all right, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Okay. Get down, I came to get down, so get out your seat and jump around, jump around.